Garfiri Japan. What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Faded Japan. I am your host, Johnny. And I'm your co-host, Tom Tom Tokyo. And I'm your host, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, you guys are on the ball. All right. I'm not the only one drinking here. Um, and as you fine folks know, Got Faded Japan is about two dudes, booze. Japan in the news. That's right. And actually, our mathematics is completely wrong today because there's not just two dudes booze Japan in the news. There is one, two, three, four, five, five dudes, a hell of a lot of booze, Japan and the news. And and faders, today, our news today is all about Japan because we are here located in Tokyo. But the guests on the show this evening are not in Tokyo. No, they own the Animal House with Class located in Kobe. Faders, we are very proud to have Paul and Jacob from the Alchemy Place in Kobe. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you, John. Cheers. Thank you, Johnny, Tom, Tom, and Jeremy for having us. Kampai, kampais all around, Faders. Um, you guys, it is, well, it's not too late. It's like, what, 10 o'clock at night? Shit, I thought it was later. Well, anyway, this is the perfect time to start a podcast. And gentlemen, we kind of know about your establishment. I've been hearing a lot of things about your place. I've been hearing that Kobe is the Tokyo that Tokyo should be. People are saying, dude, you got to go to Kobe. Kobe's a fucking fired up city. Dude, there's a place in Kobe that has like this fucking incredible bar stocked to the top full of beers. And then they got this rooftop barbecue place. You can crash there. There's like parties there every single night. Parties galore, girls galore, strippers. What is going on in Kobe? Give us the 411, please. Where's this place? I want to go there. Strippers, you say? <laughs> Tom's house. Tom, we're partying at your place tonight. <laughs> well, hopefully it's not. Remember the ar- article we read earlier about the Kobe place that was like, how do you say, like being held hostage by the bridge owner because it was isolated? Oh, that's right. That was in the news this week. And that was in Kobe as well, dude. Fucking Kobe keeps All coming up. All kinds of stuff happening here, gentlemen. All kinds of crazy stuff happening in Kobe. I thought it was just beef, but no, dude. There's a lot of, well, I guess partying and beef. I don't know, party and beef. I don't know, beef party. <laughs> barbecue. They, they go hand in hand, man. <laughs> they do go hand in hand. <laughs> so, all right, Paul, Jacob, please introduce yourselves and tell us what are you guys doing over there that's so incredibly special and what's making all of us over here in Tokyo super envious. Jeez. Go ahead, take go it ahead. away. All right. Take it away, Jacob. <laughs> take it away. Well, we're we're just trying to run a little bar here in Kobe, you know, you know how it is. So yeah, we're running an international bar. Paul is the owner and CEO. I'm the general manager, and we've been running it for about, or the place has been about for six and a half years. Started out as an English school. Paul, when he came to Japan, like 150 years ago, he started a uh, English school, 
and uh, that kind of evolved into a bar space in the same room, mind you. Huh. And then that evolved into um, a rooftop bar as well, because we were so lucky that we have we're able to have a whole five story five story building here. So it's actually also a share house. So I live here myself. Paul lives here. Uh, we got we got a crew of uh, international people living here and some uh, Japanese people also living here. And it's kind of like a big family vibe. Like, I'm not even talking about customers yet, just like who we are. Staff, residents, everybody knows each other. And sometimes somebody moves in. Sometimes they come, they come from, I don't know, like South Africa. All over the world, we've had, we've had people from. And the way we've set up the bar is we like to think that we, we're building a really kind of cool community here. Really respectful people come in. And the crown jewel is the Ember Room, which is the rooftop bar. So like nobody here, no, no place has a rooftop bar, really. It's very rare to see in Japan. And yeah, people want to go up there, man. And it's a good time. We also do a lot of live music. Uh, obviously not this past year. We haven't really been able to do much. Um, but uh, when there's not a super virus on the loose, we like to do a lot of live music in this tiny, kind of tiny venue in here. But that, that just makes it more intimate, you know, for um, the band. So it's all intimate concerts, sometimes the here with the audience. And if it's a touring band, we also have beds upstairs that we offer. You can just crash here for free, you know, come, uh, come over, play, drink with us, get to know your fans. Don't pay for a hotel. Don't rush to the, to the last train. And that's a really good way to, to bond with the, with the artists and also for them to like get to know their hopefully new fans a little bit. So we're all about supporting the arts too in, in any capacity and music is definitely a big one. So anything I'm leaving out? No, it's just, uh, we, we don't really advertise here either. So it's like uh, just kind of word of mouth, right? So friends bring friends, it stays polite and respectful. So unlike a lot of uh, international bars that we know of, uh, we have very few problems here. So that takes a little bit of stress out of the, the business end of things. So yeah, so it's, it's uh, just a chill, cool, respectful place to, to come and uh, drink to your heart's desire. So yeah, come on down, boys. <laughs> so, okay, that, that that was pretty good for the opening, but I actually I actually know like how do you say what's the origin? Like how did this get started to begin with? Yeah, so uh, um, my wife is Japanese, and uh, we met in Taiwan. We moved here to Japan, and I came here to do my uh, my master's. So, and then I started the English school here, and uh, while I was going to school. And then uh, we started had, having student parties and the student parties started getting bigger and bigger. So then we decided uh, instead of replacing my desk with another desk, we decided to build a bar. So that's the beginning of it. And we had uh, a couple of our architect friends come in and, and put this thing together. And they've done a, done a lot of the improvements to uh, the common room for the, for the share house and then the, the rooftop bar. So, uh, yeah, it's been uh, th those guys lived here for two years, so I let them have free reign. They could do whatever they wanted to put in their in their portfolio. And uh, and that was that. So, yeah, it's been really cool. Been really I like the cut of your jib, sir, man, because like it's like, yeah, it was an English school. 
We could have put it in another desk, but how about a bar? He <laughs> yeah. just became my new personal hero. <laughs> yeah, so let's put it in a bar. Oh, what, another bar? Oh, we got fucking space in the roof. We'll put one up there too. <laughs> if we had a basement, we would put a bar in the damn basement too. Good. <laughs> Why the fuck not? Yeah. We've actually inquired about basements here. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's a no go. I've never seen a place with a basement in Tokyo or in Japan. Yeah, I think there's some structural problems with putting basements in here, especially in Kobe with the earthquakes. Yeah. And we're in a landslide zone. So, yeah, that might be a, an issue in the future. So we decide, you know, that might not be a good idea. I want to ask you guys about your barbecue. So I'm a bit of a chef myself, self-taught, well, my mom taught me. But uh, I want to ask you what you guys cook up there in the barbecue. What you, what kind of equipment you got? And what you got uh, on your daily menu? Ah, yeah, our Kamado. So we just recently got a Kamado to replace our gas grill. And nice. uh, we, do, uh, we do awesome steaks. We do sausages, chicken. We do uh, awesome uh, Chinese five-spice ribs. Um, Good. Uh, yeah, burgers, you name it. We we do it all. So we're always experimenting up there, too. Just give me an excuse. <laughs> I want to get up there, right? It's my favorite favorite place to be, man. Getting all smoky and shit. And I'm yeah. assuming a lot of Kobe beef, too, right? Well, yeah, no, that's a little bit out of budget. But yeah, man, you know, if you guys want to throw some our way, man, we'll be glad to cook it up for you. <laughs> what's the um, what's the reservations like there? I mean, do you have to make a reservation, say we're coming to eat ribs, or do you just always have stuff on the grill? Well, it's like it's like we we do take it by reservation. So it's like a party. Uh, somebody will approach us about I want to do a sign our party or a company mm. party or something like that. Nomikai, 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 yeah, nomikai, yeah, nomikai, like yeah. So it's not that we have it fired up every day. Just walk in from the street. It's not like that. You we do we just offer these like party packs really. Anything gotcha, gotcha, like, gotcha. Like five five to a million people, however many people we can fit up there. And then we usually pair it up with a nice two-hour mihodai. Cool. What's your most popular uh, dish up there? Our kitchen? Well, for oh, yeah. our, our, regular, our regular kitchen, for our regular kitchen downstairs in Alchemy, uh, J well, Jacob eats a taco rice every day. Nice. So he's a taco rice champion by far. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, <laughs> if that's any indication, uh, I think we've got a pretty good taco rice. We've got burritos. We've got nice. awesome burgers, uh, pasta dishes, and we do specials on a regular basis. So, yeah, we try and mix it up a little bit, keep it fresh. Yeah, we got a menu with like set items, and then every now and again, um, we'll try to come up with a little, a little cute thing for just uh, kind of weekly specials. Which one of you guys is the cook? Is it everybody does it, or everybody knows the recipes, or do you um, separate? Like you're the you're the taco rice guy, but over here, this guy's the the bologna sandwich guy. And <laughs> How's that work? I'm the, I'm the consumer of taco rice, not yeah. the creator. Ah. <laughs> ah. The fun yeah, job. We have a chef that's from uh, Brazil. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we all take turns back in the kitchen so everybody knows what's going on, right? Everybody stays on top of it. So, yeah, we share, cool. we share the responsibilities. That's cool. What are some of the advantages of having a shop in Kobe? Ah, I would say definitely community. I mean, that's probably the biggest aspect of this place. I mean, I, I don't know if we could drop this thing in the middle of Tokyo and it would survive. 
So we really depend on community here. And especially we've, we've, we've learned this, especially during COVID, man. We've had uh, our customers come in and, and they know we're not open and we're kind of struggling to keep everybody paid. And they'll just be like, hey, dudes, let's let's do a couple of barbecues over the next couple of months and just pay us up front. And they'll be like, yeah, here you go. And we we know why they're doing it. Right. They're not necessarily here to have a barbecue. They're here to help support or support the business. So the community is a huge uh, aspect of this this place and um, I'm not sure that we could open this in uh, in in a lot of other places but yeah it would have to be a community oriented place but yep community could you talk more about like the community up there and like how, how do you say maybe not just community but like cultural differences because like well for those of like for, for our, our listeners who probably don't know this like where they're at Kobe is like the old capital like old school and Tokyo is just like well it's like the New York mm-hmm Know, Japan so like it's like I haven't spent a ton of time in Kobe but like I know it's very culturally different yeah I don't was was Kobe ever the capital is that what you're saying I don't think it was yeah. Kobe I know it was never the capital it was Kyoto brother I misspoke that wrong it's like it's not the capital but it was like around that area though yeah it's kind of like Miami you know it's kind of like the capital because it was really close to Washington DC are you trying to say <laughs> it's the capital of like hanging out and partying or yeah yeah I'm not yeah. Following, bro. I'm not follow. how, how high are you man <laughs> dude it's all good it's all good we're fucking drunk man it's fine Sorry, what can we have the question one more time <laughs> yeah what was the question it's good never mind <laughs> good. i know no, it was I, good when we went i want to hear this question tom you you tell me what this question is <laughs> Just wanted to know the cultural differences between Kobe and Tokyo. That's right. all. Okay. That's a good question. Decent right, like question. Well, okay, let's try not to go to war over it. But so we've we've visited Tokyo on a multiple locations, right? And we have people going. Uh, we know friends that will move to Tokyo and then we'll stay in touch. And every now and again, they'll come back here and we'll ask. So how's Tokyo? And like nine times out of ten. It's maybe a young guy who's like going there for a career and they're like, ah, it's so busy up there. I don't have any friends. I miss Kobe. So, you know, Tokyo is the biggest city on earth, really. Right. And this probably goes for so many countries that the big city, which is usually also the capital, there's a certain vibe there and a certain kind of um, uh, busyness to it. Maybe a little bit of people keeping a little bit distant to each other. This is only what we hear. Right. And then you go a little bit to the countryside, meaning Kansai, Osaka, which is Osaka is bigger than my whole country, but it's still considered <laughs> like a little bit countryside to like Tokyo Heights, I would suppose. So so that's one thing, just the fact that we're smaller than Tokyo, which I guess would go for any place in Japan, really. Right. And but then also uh, Kobe is known for being one of the most um, culturally diverse places in Japan, I think. So it was one of the first first cities to open up the ports 150 odd years ago. Uh, so so one of the first places along with like Nagasaki and a few others that foreigners were would come to and were allowed in back in those day, back in those days. And one thing that spurred is a incredible jazz and funk scene here in Kobe. So Kobe is known as like the jazz capital of Japan. At least that's that's what we hear. That's what they tell us. Well, our so experience we, is about we, the same too. I mean, yeah. 
some There's unbelievable jazz musicians in this place. I mean, just incredible. It's mind blowing. So to have these guys in this small place, sometimes it's just, it's really incredible. So yeah, I think the music scene here is well-developed. That's comparable I, to new Orleans or Austin. What are you guys thinking? Well, I don't know. Good. Maybe a good mix of the two. I don't okay. know too much about either of them. I've been, a few, I've been to both on one occasion. Uh, I was pretty drunk. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you should be. Fun, as you fun should be. Then you get it right, man. Well, <laughs> you know what? I, I, think, I think you guys do have a great advantage over there in Kobe is because you don't have the oversaturation of bars and like, you know, international venues as we have in Tokyo. Mm. I mean, almost every station has like maybe one, two or three like international bars, you know? I mean, me and Tom, we're here in Nakamegro and there's like three that we could just go to within like four or five minutes, right? right. And they're all pretty good. Oh, they're you, decent. Johnny, you're being modest. There's like 20, dude. In Nakamegro, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe not 20, but like, you know, but there's like 20 within walking distance. You're saying okay. foreign <laughs> run bars, not just bars, but foreign run bars? Uh, foreign run bars, I think there's two or three in Nakamegro. I don't think there's 20. I don't think there's more than that. Ebisu, a station up, there's a two from what I understand, maybe three, but I mean, but but that's my point. You know, Tokyo is like oversaturated. If you do something really cool in Tokyo, it's going to be hard to like get your business off the ground. But, you know, in Kobe, I mean, you guys got a great idea. You guys got a great place. And so you started that there and people are just like, wow, this is awesome. There's nothing like this in the area. Boom, you're set. You build up a community and stuff. And then community, I mean, dude, Word got on about this place. I'm in Tokyo and my friend Justin's like, dude, there's a place in Kobe that you got to go to. It is fucking hot, dude. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> tell me more about this place. He's like, dude, this place is some kind of a place that you'd love to do your podcast in because there's bars everywhere. They got live bands and live shows and they do all sorts of crazy shit. It's a really cool vibe. And I was like, okay, I got to know more about this place. And thus I contacted you guys. So, I mean, word is out about your place, dude. If you did it in Tokyo, I'm not sure. But in Kobe, dude, you guys are fucking, you started a fire, and I think that fire is soon to be an inferno. Ooh, well, hey, we, well there's only one way to put that out, sir. <laughs> all right. Here's all right. to that. <laughs> high all around. Mm. So, I'm going to ask you guys a question about the music you play there, because you said you have, um, when before COVID or whatnot you had live live venues so i, I want to know what kind of bands are you entertaining have you had anyone super famous have you had anyone that started off in your place and then became famous oh yeah you know what, what's going on with the music oh, scene yeah. there well our, our, our boy our boy um which of them well yeah we've got a bunch and we should probably shout some of these out yeah right? we'll do some shout let's do it the show. Right, yeah i don't know that we'd have we have we had anybody super famous yeah robert tyra wilson of course. Robert Tyra Wilson is our, yeah, you guys our, know our him, guy. Right? He played down here. He's been playing down here since the very beginning of this place. And he could tell you some crazy stories about uh, staying here when this place was absolutely inhabitable. So uh, we've had some crazy times with our with our guy, Robert Tyra, man. And, and he's been with us right through the, all of the changes and the growth and all of that stuff, man. Cool. He's been a great guy and, and, and a great friend and supported us uh, through the whole the whole thing. So. Yeah, man. Our boy Frankenbach Robert. performed there. What's that? Frankenbach. Frankenbach. Oh boy. Yes. Yes. I heard the about this. Guys are awesome, huh? I heard about this because I booked Frankenbach. I, I kind of um I threw events up here in Tokyo and we had them and 
they were so insane where they had Lady Beard running around moshing and um, somehow <laughs> the guitarist and Lady Beard broke the guitarist's guitar and he thought oh, somehow man. I did it. <laughs> What? Oh, no. It was insane, dude. Those guys were fucking nuts, dude. They got so wasted. It was such a great time, dude. Which year? Fucking... Huh? Which what year was that? Sorry to interrupt. What year was this? Oh, it's gotta be like uh the end of 2018 or the beginning of 2019, I'm assuming. But uh, uh, those guys were so loud, so loud. I mean, they're old school like thrash metal guys, and oh dude, it was so fun. None of them had earplugs in, it was crazy. So we we've, we've right, got so to install yeah. some uh, some ceiling bars for these guys to hang from, man. I mean that's the next <laughs> thing we got to do in here. Install some ceiling bars, man, because they're I don't know they need places to hang. Yeah, no, those guys are great though. Love those <laughs> well, guys. Not, I'm great time I hanging out with them. The Frankenbox. So you said loud, right? They are fucking loud. Yeah. And so so uh, I guess this was 2018, and me and Steve, who used to work here, we we were kind of booking the music together. Um, and it was the f not the first time, but like the first real time we had had a metal band here. So, you know, I was I was given the contact of Frankenbach and I check out a few videos of theirs. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like kind of hard rock, a little bit metally, the songs that I was watching. So I'm like, sure, mm -hmm. we, can, we can probably cater to that. We have the kind of attitude. We'll say yes to anything, any genre, you know, just fucking come in here and we'll deal with it when it arrives in terms cool. of the, the size of the space. Most people are kind of just surprised maybe by the size of here. It's not so big. So Frankenbach, right? So uh, I had asked them if they absolutely needed a double kick and they had said, yes, we absolutely need a double kick. So we have a house kit here, just a little cocktail kit. You, you can't hook a double uh, kick up to it because the, the drum is like uh, horizontal, horizontally placed. So it's really difficult to hook one up. So, so I'm like, okay, we're, we're gonna rent a kit from one of our friends, the full kit. We bring the kit over, we set it up. Frankenbach arrives at like 4 p.m. in the afternoon and we meet and greet. Oh, before this, I had actually, like the day before, I'm like, maybe I should check out a few more videos of theirs, right? Right. So I check out some of the lesser known stuff and I'm like, shit, this is full on death metal, man. Fresh metal. I was like, I thought it, maybe it was just a hard rock band. But shit, this is this is metal. Can we do this, Steve? Can we do it? So they come over, they set up, they start sound check at like five p.m. Five oh five, the cops are here. Nice. I'h being like, who is that? And it was so loud. It, it happens fairly often here, but this is the the first and only time that I actually agreed with the cops that. Yes, sir, this is too loud. <laughs> you could hear it inside a Lawson on the adjacent street, just the fucking sound check. It was unreal. Nice. So then we're all kind of freaking out, right? What are we gonna do, man? Like they're here. We can't cancel it. I, you know, we're nervous, like, ah, oh, we booked these guys and now we can't do it. So we just talk and they we go like, could we change the Frankenbach into like Jazzenbach? <laughs> Would you guys be down for that? <laughs> <laughs> and they they kind of took a little huddle there, like, oh, right, 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 guys. And they go, yeah, let's do it. It was like the last leg of it was the last show of their tour anyway, right? So they were kind of a, we just want to play, we just want to have a good time kind of mood, I think. So we 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 switched the kit out with our cocktail kit. So he was playing with brushes and one kick, and uh, we turned the distortion down so it was clean guitar, but it was still their own songs. And then it's horrible. 
instead of like growling, he was just kind of crooning. It's adorable. Dude, it was awesome. It was such a great show, man. Everybody loved it. They seemed to have a good time too. And um, you know, that that for me was true professionalism, man. They, they just were so brave. They so were so good. brave to so do that. So good. Yeah. yeah. And everybody like it was totally bizarre. It was because it doesn't sound <laughs> correct, right? You can't play metal without distortion. So it didn't sound correct. And but they just they blew everybody away. It was hilarious. And then yeah, of course on the great. on the encore song, I'm like, okay, you guys can crank it. And then they cranked out like one one thrash metal song. And then the police showed up and we're like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're done. Not allowed in here anymore. Yeah. Lights off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, big shout out to Frank and Bach. They were, they were fucking troopers, Super man. great guys. Yeah. Yep, totally agree. Totally agree. Those guys are fantastic. Yeah. They know how to party. I think my event was like their first night in Tokyo. I did a podcast with them. And um, it was crazy because uh, we did a podcast and then they went to the sound check and then they performed and um, they were drunk during the podcast. And and I don't think they went to the hotel or slept or anything, you know, <laughs> thus, thus your idea for got faded. Right. I mean, well, was no, this, no, no, you know, no, but afterwards, the, oh yeah, of course that, that's the concept of part of the concept for got faded Japan. But the thing is Frankenbach showed up, we're drinking, we're in a, a karaoke booth, we're throwing back beers and stuff. And then, and then soon after that, they did a sound check and then they're there for like a concert and there's like maybe five or six bands and they performed less and they were drinking the whole time. So they were drinking from like maybe one o'clock in the afternoon to maybe like one or two at night. Like nonstop, nice. and and these guys are from Australia. They don't fuck around when it comes to drinking. They yeah. They're pros. They're, man. They're, They're pros. They're Australian rock stars, like death metal yeah. rock stars. Like, what do you <laughs> expect, man? <laughs> true, 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 true. Oh man, I'm sorry, man. Uh, great podcast. We're gonna have to go go home and catch a couple Z's before the show. Like, well, they fucking went straight at it. Right. Yeah, they, did. Yeah, they did. The rock and roll lifestyle, man. Yeah. It really is. And those guys have been rocking true. and rolling for a long time. Um. I got another question about your venue. You guys have this venue here, yes. but you're expanding from what I understand. We're trying to, man. COVID is trying to hold us down. But uh, yeah, we've been out in a place called Nishinomiya, which is between here and Osaka. And nice. uh, near uh, near the, the college that I went to. And uh, it's a nice, nice international community over there as well. And uh, we've got it all spiffed up and cleaned up and polished up and ready to roll. But so we've been in there. I've been under contract with those guys now for a year and we haven't been able to open. Wow. Mm. So, yeah, we're just itching to get started over there. And it's been yeah, it's been it's been really uh, uh, anxious, you know, trying to figure out what the heck's going on. So but we're going to hang in there. We're going to get it open. Hell yeah. Is it the same concept? Are you gonna have? Are you gonna have like an English school, and you're gonna have um, you you're gonna have like an international house there where uh, people can stay, like kind of like a hotel, and it's a live house, like a nightclub, or yeah, this one's a bit different. Yeah, it's more. So this is we own this building here, but out there we're renting, so we just have the one floor, but it's quite a bit more spacious than it is here. Uh, the it's basically a bar that we took over, uh, so okay. it was fully kitted as a bar. It needed some touch-ups, a paint job. And um, it's kind of new furniture and stuff like that. But uh, so we're not going to do the whole thing. We don't have a roof. We don't have rooms. So we can't do a share house. But we'll, what we'll try to bring is the vibe that we've, you know, that we enjoy that we created here and give, um, give, give people in that area a chance to experience alchemy and what we do. But they don't have to 
they don't want to travel all the way to Kobe if maybe they live in that direction or maybe they live in Osaka and like generally it seems like people from Osaka don't come out here so often it's a little mm -hmm. bit out of the way not really but still it's a train ride mm -hmm. um so yeah so that's that's the plan at least what it will turn into we'll just have to kind of see you know there i think there's a lot of opportunities for uh doing doing stuff with the school up there the the, um, the university it's a fairly big university i think like 20 20 000 students and a, yeah and a big uh international student um program that's good yeah so we have spied the roof i will say that <laughs> we have gotten up on that roof to figure out if we could put in some railings and stuff up there so we're going to be in the process of trying to convince the uh the owner of that building to uh you know let us uh, spread our wings a bit if you gotta do it you gotta do it man you guys are the roof <laughs> this is paul by the way this is what paul does he'll just he'll see something that can't be done and then he'll like i want to figure out a way to do it <laughs> can i ask can i ask did you have a if you build it, they will come kind of moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, you know, I, I think you guys probably know Japan is a, is a place that's a bit averse to change. And, um, you know, Kobe used to be the real hotspot in, in Hyogo. Before the earthquake here, we had uh, 23 embassies here, right? And uh, there's only one left. So a lot of that international community moved out to Osaka. Right. So, that had a devastating effect on Kobe. And uh, this place used to be really hot, a hotbed for, uh, for parties and bars and that kind of thing. But it's, it's, uh, it's been suppressed since after the, the, uh, the earthquake. So we feel like it's coming back again. But people in this area have gotten used to the quietness, right? Uh -oh. And they uh, kind of like it. So, uh -oh. so we've had, had some battles. We've had some battles. We've had some hurdles. Is that good or bad for your business? What's that? Is that like people, you said like it was a hot spot, but then people got used to the quietness. Is that good or bad for your business going forward? Terrible. Terrible. Bad, dude. Terrible. <laughs> bad, bro. You know, no, bars no, work. Yeah, no. You know, Tom, I don't know. This is a guest house. Like, we were going to put in a like, nail maybe, salon or another <laughs> hair salon. It could be a chill out lounge. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got a question. I got a question. Now, I've never lived in a guest house, but Tom. And I've, I've known Tom for dozens of years, kind of. And Tom has told me so many insane stories oh. about him living in oh. guest house. Crazy oh. shit that oh. you won't even believe. He's oh, yeah. told me some shit that he can't even say on this show. And we oh, talk yeah. about murder and rape on this show. <laughs> Tom's stories are awesome. So yeah. my question is, what are a few, just a few off the top of your mind kind of stories that you guys have experienced? Oh my God. Listen, we have literally discussed. Fucking arms crossed me like, all right, what you got, bitch? Oh, it's been pretty insane. Um, I will say that Jacob and I have discussed the possibility of seriously writing a sitcom about this place because we have way too much material and we've had the craziest coolest people come through this place and the craziest stories but i mean maybe jacob can give you a little insight as to the level of craziness that we've well, had it's it's become daily life in a way it's not like every day is crazy but especially in the beginning you know when i, I moved here uh about four and a half years ago i had visited the place uh one year one year before um 
So, you know, the stuff you're experiencing in the beginning is, you know, maybe it's super crazy or it's just like uh, incidents that are crazy. But over the years, it just kind of starts to fade away. Like, oh yeah, that happened today again. This guy puked down the whole street or whatever. <laughs> like, no, no, no. I, I understand, dude. I live in I live yeah. in several guest houses, which are some of the hardcore partiers, but hard, hardcore part known for partying shit. I'm just saying, like, I want to hear some like, what, what what's going on here? What's the fucking stories, man? Naked people. We want naked people. Yeah, yeah well, naked people, drunk people, just ambulances. Naked. Ambulances. <laughs> violence is good. I love violence. Actually, well, actually, the thing, the I, thing is, I don't. Me and Jeremy really got a, so wild and crazy. Up, up the air before you guys showed up. Me and Jeremy got a bet going. Like, we want to hear one of your crazy fucking stories. Like, right. give give us your craziest, your nuttiest, your or your most interesting. Up to you, man. Dealer's choice. But then we're gonna play a little bit of a game with you. Yeah, well, we, we got some fucking cards. I don't know, man. Yeah, there's a bunch. But Robert Tyra Wilson was involved in the in the first weird story, right? So before the okay, room before and he'll testify to this. Before rooms were ready, he came down and uh played played a gig for us down here, right? And I and I said, Well, if you want to stay over, you know, I can put you in one of the rooms. And the rooms were pretty uninhabitable at the time, right? <laughs> and um so I said, well, I said you can you can stay over. We'll put you in the best room we we have. So we can we we partied that night. Got completely shit faced. He went up to the room, fell asleep, woke up the next morning with a pigeon staring at him, <laughs> sitting in a pigeon nest with eggs. Okay, so yeah, I mean this is the this was the quality of the. The guest house at the time and robert got the best room so yeah man you got view. to share with a with a pigeon you got the room with a view it's not the view you want oh, yeah yeah well let me tell you that room still has a view because it still does not have a fucking glass in the window so that's that, that room i've been in, that was my first room as well there's no glass in the window there's just a piece of guard, cardboard because the fucking window is literally hanging off the, the back side of the building this building is old and it's been through earthquakes, right? <laughs> yeah, that's my excuse. Wow. You can spend a hundred years fixing <laughs> up this place. So I did my time in that room, and then somebody else was in there, and now it's uh, we just the hell we can't hole. fucking rent it to, to, to anybody. So it's it's the storage room. We put shit in there now. <laughs> yeah, you know we've got episode number six hundred coming up soon, and we need a place to do this podcast, gentlemen. I don't know. Maybe that room is in the works. <laughs> We could do the podcast there. We don't need any stinking window. We just need yeah, a bar. Know, you guys have two. You do episode 600 here, then you can do episode 666 in that room. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's wait, a good one. Yeah. Wait, is that haunted? Yeah. Did you guys see ghosts and shit? Jeremy doesn't believe in ghosts. Oh, oh, dude. Well, we've had stories about that here too as well. So yeah. I'm listening. Yeah, we're listening. <laughs> well, yeah. no, we, we, so I, I, I live on the top floor. And uh, before we got this place, the you know fixed up, the front door was broken. E everything is like off center a bit, just like the people, right? So the door didn't close. It was completely dark. So the last tenants that stayed here were were like migrant workers, right? Before the mm -hmm. before the earthquake, and um, they moved out. And those doors never got opened again. So this okay. place was dark. It was scary. And people would come up to visit me uh, on the top floor and um, and they would insist that 
as soon as they closed that door, they would run up those stairs and they'd be like, oh my God, like I, I feel something behind me. I swear there's a ghost in this place, right? So yeah, it was, it's, it was really spooky. So we had to exercise the negative spirits out of here by- No kidding. Pretty much get you really. What did you do? We had a magical ritual. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, here's some booze. Piss off. <laughs> <laughs> booze and food. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's become a bit more light and positive, right? And, and less scary. But yeah. you actually called in a priest, or did you have a Buddhist monk do it, or what was what was the story no, there? No, we had an opera singer from New York come in and exercise him out of here. Why not? It's the same thing. She could do it. Yeah. Basically the same. <laughs> right? Yeah, all yeah. the power comes from the same place, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, J- Jeremy, I think you got some cards ready. You want to go first? Some cards? Cards. Tom, uh, Tom, we're not we're not gonna play a card game tonight, dude. Well, let's do that another time. No, 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 no. I was just gonna I was gonna I'm gonna pick a random card, I'm gonna point at a word, and they have to tell me a story. I think it'd be funny. Go for broke. Come on. We're I, what is it? All right. Tom, Do you want Tom, to take a break real quick? And- you guys, <laughs> I, he's breaking protocol. All right, well, I, I've still got a lot of questions. So, yeah. <clears throat> all right, Tom, you can Tom, you can play Monopoly another time. It's okay. <laughs> but if you want to play, I had a word of a random card, but never mind. All right, uh, all right, one card. All right, all right. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to hurt your feelings. All right, Tom, pull on one card. Pull on one card. All right, maybe we'll I, I say something real quick. Maybe if if we seem hesitant to tell all these stories. There might be people involved in a lot of them that we don't maybe want it to be known. So come down here and we'll tell us some stories. Yeah, we're gonna work with us, boys. We're doing a podcast here for people to listen to. You know, so you can change the names of the guilty and the innocent. That's fine. Okay. (laughs) First word: hookers. (laughs) (laughs) Are we supposed to say a story about this? Is that no? I was just joking, but yeah. Like you mean there's bars hey, in Asia that have hookers? <laughs> Never heard of hookers in Asia. Yeah. Yep. Okay. What are the, uh, all right, Tom, are you gonna do the card thing or what? What's going on here? I just did it. I said Sir Mixon. All right, fucking raw owls and eggs. Oh, that, that, that didn't work out the way I thought. All right, let's go back to my previous Pigeons one. and eggs. We already did that one. All right. Yeah, they made right. the pigeon. Uh, I'm going to kick back here for a minute and watch what happens. Curtains. Yeah, I'm going to get uh, a beer. What is it? I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I apologize. I thought that was going to work out way cooler. Okay, hookers. <laughs> <laughs> let's go back to hookers. Everybody likes a good hooker story, as long as they're all alive. That's right, alive. Yeah, I was going to say the other word. Not, not, not dead one of your places. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're remodeling the place, and then there's just like a, a wall broken. But they're like, ooh, maybe we should call the police. All right, all right. On that note, okay. Um. Yeah, that, okay, let me see. <laughs> I'm with your cards. Um, okay. All right. When opening a place, what was the biggest obstacle that you had? Oh, that's a good question, man. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think the neighbors, right? I mean, just etiquette, Japanese etiquette, you know, I mean, just uh, trying to, to uh, convince the community around here that we have something beneficial for the community, right? And something of value. And uh, yeah, just convincing the the neighbors that, you know, a bunch of foreigners 
drinking alcohol all night long uh, has a, a place here, basically, right? So, yeah, uh, and that still hasn't quite occurred. That still hasn't quite happened. So we haven't convinced them really yet. A few, a few have come along. They're on the boat. So they come in and drink and hang out with us. But, but most of all, I think most of the neighbors around here are still kind of, you know, kind of are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> are yeah. you doing any community outreach, like, uh, like anything for the community specifically, so they they start liking you guys, like, uh, paying for school events or sponsoring like uh, teams or anything like that. Not at the moment. Yeah, not at the moment. We're just not in the financial position to do it at the moment because especially- I understand, totally. Yeah. Right? But yeah, I mean, that's something that we'd like to do in the future. And, you know, we offer super cheap uh, English classes here. So, nice. um, you know, we try and, yeah, yeah, we try and, we try and, and you know, we, we, we try and guide our students in a, in a way, you know, trying to get them curious about other cultures and that kind of thing. And so we're trying to, you know, give them some education uh, culturally, cultural education here. So, yeah, I mean, we, we eventually. It's really to- helpful. I mean, the, you're in an international city because that's a port city. Yeah. So it's always very helpful to have a, a kind of an international English speaking kind of education. Even, you know, even if it's just you have to throw the English teacher a couple bucks, it's still very valuable for the students. Yeah. And plus, you know, I mean, a couple of my students, for example, I've had for like 10 years now. Right. And nice. I've watched these kids grow up. And now, uh, you know, like this week, uh, a couple of my uh, students just got accepted into universities abroad. Wow. So I'm just, damn. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel like their dad. I'm just like, oh, my God. That's so cool. Right? That. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's awesome. Right. And they the parents really appreciate that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. That's super cool. Um, my last question is what kind of advice can you give somebody that wants to come to Japan and open an, an establishment such as a bar or a cafe or something like that? <clears throat> Just do it, man. Just do it. You know, I mean, there's, you know, I, I have a master's degree in business, but that didn't teach me shit about doing business here in Japan, basically. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that you, you, you just got to do to learn and that's it. I mean, you're going to make your mistakes. You're going to, uh, run against, uh, run up against uh, difficulties and hurdles and that kind of thing. And you, you know, just try to be creative and persist. That's it. I mean, persistence is is probably the most key thing because this place can break you. So um, yeah, it's not easy, man. But you know, just get in there and do it and uh, work hard. Just kind of how I started it. this podcast. I'll add to yeah. that. Yeah. I'll add to that by saying that this goes anywhere, but I think maybe especially a little bit more here in Japan, like hook up with the right people and surround yourself with the right people to, you know, depending on what kind of business you're opening, you know, here at the bar. So get to know some people that want to come in and have a drink, you know, the right people and start out uh, cultivating the right vibe for whatever business it is that you, you want to do by hooking up with the right people. Yeah. And again, that goes for, that, that, that goes for any business anywhere, really smaller businesses, but we like this being Japan, there's just m- more of a divide between foreigners and the established Japanese as we, as I'm sure you guys all know, right? You've all been here for a while. hundred percent. Yeah. One, one thing I would like to add, if you don't mind, no, please. I would like to add is um, like in each aspect of this business, um, I, I've never really set too many rules and it's kind of grown organically and, and people that have been here have kind of set the rules for themselves 
and especially with the especially with the especially with the um, uh, the guest house, right? So I I don't even go in there. I don't set any rules. And those the people that stay here are adult enough. They set all the rules for themselves, and they work it out, right? So I think you know just having an organic approach to it and letting things uh, grow uh, by themselves is also been been a really uh, enlightening kind of uh, aspect of this business for me. So yeah, it's been been interesting. Well, I'm, Paul, that's I'm, awesome. it's not my personality. That's not my personality at all. Cause I like to be like breathing down people's necks all the time. So I don't like to work in that environment and I know other people don't. So I've tried to keep it hands off as much as possible and let it grow organically. And it's, it's worked out pretty well. Wow. Fantastic. Hey. That's great. Sorry. Can, can, I, can I back both of them off that? Because like uh, my, my experience is like, I lived uh, in Kitakyushu for the first two years I was in Japan and like, a big thing would have sculpted what sculpted my uh first experience and things like that which maybe new people that coming in your way might experience is uh like my kind of my job was kind of shitty i found another job but like you know i met the right people at the right mm -hmm. time so i met some like older mentors that were kind of like not like you say like they had good ideas and they've been around the block but like you know they didn't tell me to do things they just kind of guided me in the right way and it made me a much better person and i got a lot more of out of the experience just both for me and in general like just kind of it just it essentially put me on the right path not without saying you gotta do this you gotta do that like screen was like nah you know i did this blah 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 but like there, there are people out there like that and i think uh i think it's a very big important thing for newcomers coming in in here i i know what you're saying is kind of generic advice and it's true but like sorry guys no oh, you, you you were just a bit frozen there for a minute sorry you're back Oh. oh, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. So you're saying like, uh, just give as for giving advice, man, just, uh, just guide, guide people. Was no, that, no, well, I'm was saying that in, my in, in my experience, I was Sorry. guided in the right way by maybe possibly people like you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically yeah, like mentors. Yeah, but yeah, I, I found some good mentors that were kind of like you that weren't like really super strict. Just, I thought they were cool, doing cool things. But they never said do this, do that. Never screamed at me, yelled at me. They're just kind of like uh -huh. they had their kind of way of like showing me their experiences, kind of like showing me I do this, I do things this way, and it kind of corralled me and like put me on the right path. Right. And I think I think that's one of the big experiences, like where anybody who goes anywhere in the world, it's like some of the people that you first meet and you first bond with, like. You were saying like, yeah, hang out with the right people. I get that. I hundred percent get that. But when you go, when you're a young kid, like you know, in your early twenties, just fresh out of college, you don't know what's right. You don't know what's wrong. You have no fucking idea. But like, I just maybe happened to get lucky. Maybe you happened to meet some cool people that were like, yeah, maybe you know, kind of do it this way because there were. Uh, trust me, there were other people that was like, were several years old and he was like, yeah, I'm just gonna party and just you know, screw whatever and just like you know, behaving like teenagers and they're like, maybe. Yeah. Wait I'm a second, here. Tom. Wait a I'm second. Still... I was listening to your story for so long. You did that for like 20 years. Who mentored you? <laughs> Drinking, oh, and and partying? That I was like you it. for like the first 30 years in Tokyo, man. I'll give you an example. One one thing is like some of the guys that they were just like they're screwing out and they're not terrible people, but like, by the way, but like they learned basically because we're in Kyushu in the country, they learned Japanese, but they learned just enough survival Japanese to effect effectively fun function. 
I was like, no, man, I want to learn more. And I could actually speak and read and like not fluently, but a pretty good level. So I'm just saying like some of the stuff they instilled in me, like hard work, going to interviews, like certain things they instilled in me, like stuck with me. And I'm just like, eh. you know, it, and also it gave me a fresh point of view. I'm, I'm telling you, man. So. Okay. Fair enough, dude. All right. I, I, but, 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 cool, like, man. Again, like, I know I go off my, on my rants fucking sometimes, but like, you know, Kind of gotta wiggle it back in there, you know, to the guests and see how they're you know, see what they what they get, think about it. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. All right, man. We know we know about ranting here. We, <laughs> we can rant like a motherfucker here. Awesome. Um, you know, guys, I dude, before we get on to the news, I want you guys to plug your place. How can people I mean we've got a lot of people listening to this podcast from all over the world, all over the world, Estonia, Latvia, Russia. Finland, America, Ohio, all over the place. <laughs> How can people find your establishment? Well, if you're not in Japan, if you're just searching the internet, go to our Facebook page at um, Alchemy Kobe, no space. So that's A-L-C-H-E-M-Y-K-O-B-E, Alchemy Kobe. And also on our Instagram, it's the same handle, Alchemy Kobe. Fantastic. How difficult is it to book a room? Just messages, messages. Fantastic. And, uh, you heard it here. You can, it faders, listen, when you come to Tokyo, don't go to Kobe first. Go to Kobe first <laughs> and party it up and then come to Tokyo. Okay. That's what you get. You got to get your priorities straight. Everybody comes to Tokyo and they just stay here and they spend like fucking two weeks in Harajuku. Dude, that's such a waste and you're missing out, dude. Go to the west side. Go to Kansai, man, because there's a beautiful place there. And it's the bar that these two gentlemen are sitting in right now. And if you drink too much, which you will because you're listening to this damn podcast, there's a bed for you. <laughs> Maybe there's a hooker. I don't know. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. There's no hookers. I had to throw we that have out a carry-up service, man. We've had to do it on, on multiple occasions. Carry the carry-up service, yeah. man. So, yeah, we got you taken care of. All right. Well, on that note, I think it's time we take a break. And when we come back, we're going to come back strong with the news. All right, faders. We'll see you in a second. Peace. Are you in Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's going to make you complete. At Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! Yo, what's up, faders? It's your boy, Johnny. I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states. And in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high-resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each, and they're worth so much more. These, are, these, these paintings are absolutely incredible. You're going to love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool. That's cool. Johnny still has love for you. 
but check out the Spilled Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct link to the Spilled Inks Etsy shop. Go there, shop away, support the show because we love you and we love art too. So faders, without further ado, enjoy the show. In Tokyo and craving soul food, we've got just the place for you. Soul Food House in Azubujuban. Check out what we do at soulfoodhouse.com. Come by and taste the love. We look forward to feeding you. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right. Over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need. And of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit in Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit in Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five-minute walk from the station. It's your liquors. Hey, yo, what's up, Vaders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what... If I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper. If you're going to get your fade on, you got to get your fade on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade. And I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade. Badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your bait on in style. And we are back. What's up, Faders? We are back with the news. And um, yes, Faders, we got some incredible news. And um, Tom, who do you think should go first? I mean, somebody already said it, but I think Tom should pick. Who should go first? Come on, Tom. We've got uh, Paul eeny, miny, eeny, meeny, miny, I don't give a fuck. Dude, who do you think? Like, it's always tradition on the show. 
The guests are the guests. We, Tom, we've the got two guests. Go we got first. two guests. We There's two of them. Guests. Well, that's not up to me, man. No, that, it is up to you, Tom. All right, we've got Paul. We got Jacob. Which one? Well, fuck it. We'll go with Paul because, like, fuck it. Paul? All right. Hey, listen, I can hardly read you guys, man. <laughs> you're putting me under pressure over here. I need some inspiration. Paul, would, you, would you like to pussy out? Would you like Jacob to read the news first? Well, he's got his he's got his going right now. He's got it. And we're sharing phones, by the way, because mine's out of charge. So pardon me. Uh, oh, that sucks. <laughs> All right. I guess I'll go first then. So I just read it out, right? Yeah, just yep. go for it. Okay. The headline is, woman says she left husband's body at home because she thought it wouldn't fit into the coffin. Hmm. Makes sense. <laughs> so Pretty she knows better. Yeah. Police in Ichinomiya... Aichi Prefecture have arrested a 63-year-old woman on suspicion of abandoning the body of her husband in the living room of their home after he died sometime between February 27th and March 23rd. According to police, and then her name, said she found her husband unresponsive one morning. Sankei Shimbun reported. She said his body was cold and that he had appeared to be dead. I guess. Uh, she told police <laughs> she didn't think that his body would fit into a coffin, so she left it in the living room. The couple's daughter came over for... Oh, my God. The couple's <laughs> daughter came over for a visit on Tuesday afternoon and discovered the corpse of her father and called 118-110. Sorry. Police said there were no external <laughs> injury on the decaying body. The end. Wow. <laughs> That's where you just say, fuck it. You're like, you know what? Fuck it. He stays there. <laughs> this is his new I can either watch. We're turning our apartment into a coffin. We're out of here. I mean, well, I can watch I, Dr. I, Phil it's, it's, or I can call the cops. I think I'm going to watch Dr. Phil. You know what? I mean, maybe this is the lawyer talking. Maybe she's got a good lawyer. The lawyer's like, all right, listen, you've got a couple of options, and I'm going to go with option A. I highly recommend option A. The body would not fit in a coffin. <laughs> the lady's like, the lady's like, but he's four foot six, just like me. You only have small coffins in your home. You can only afford a small coffin. Something like that. You know, I mean, I mean she's got to have a great lawyer. She's got better call Saul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems from the article, he could have been there anywhere between like a couple of days and like 10 days. Yikes. It was decaying. Yeah, he's going to smell like cheese. Oh, man. be a cheeser. Everybody loves cheese, right? (laughs) Not that kind of cheese. Yeah, Yeah, I agree on that. Not that kind of cheese. How old do you think the daughter was? What do you think your emotional? So it's like, hey, daddy. I mean, oh, oh, my God. I I think I'm going to drunk again. (laughs) <laughs> oh wait a minute! How are you? How is she going to be around her mom yeah, from now on? Lebowski, when the guy comes in, and he's like, "Is he okay?" No, he has health problems. <laughs> ah, I see. <laughs> no, 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 he's dead. It's fine. <laughs> oh man. Well, okay. Well, all right. Case in point. Just make sure you have a good lawyer. If anything bad happens, <laughs> they always in, the, in a big coffin. <laughs> Also, maybe call him coroner first before he goes straight to the coffin. Wait, how old is this guy? How old is this guy? This guy's like got to be like what, 60, 70, 80? He's like older generation. He's old school. Usually the older guys are a little bit smaller. They're smaller than me sometimes. And I'm a small guy. (laughs) 
Well, the, the so the wife was 63, so maybe the husband is, you know, plus minus 10 years of that. Hmm. I'll, I'll go on the plus side. We can yeah. just origami his ass and stick him in a little tiny, uh, <laughs> little tiny coffin. <laughs> crunch him up. He's not going to complain. Wait a second. Wait a second. Let, let's break down this coffin thing. Um, how many Japanese people are actually buried in Japan? Good not question. many. Not many. What That's happens? A very good question. What happens to them? Hmm. They get burned. They get burned up. That's right. So how many people put people straight in the coffin at home? Well, that's another good question. Mm -hmm. all like, oh, I guess he died. I better go bury him. I'm just going to buy a coffin, bring the coffin to my house. Mm. Put the guy in the coffin all by myself without contacting anybody. Right? They got a guy for that. They don't have to do it themselves. She did. She couldn't do it. So here's where we bust her. Where's the coffin? Mm, that's right. Coffin, but where is the coffin? Have you tried? Well, would it be illegal to just varnish him and make him a coffee table for out of like memorial coffee table? <laughs> you can do that, but it's got to be with the ashes. It's got to be with the ashes. Uh, no, no, well, no. Those old fit in the man. oven either. <laughs> he wouldn't fit, the, fit oven. the oven. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been a big guy. Might have been a yeah. big guy. But anyway, he could have been a sumo wrestler. We don't know that. Yeah, true. What if he was a little, if he was a little short sumo wrestler? Wide, wider than tall. That's possible. What if he, he's four foot six, no matter which way you roll him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a donut. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, no. Three words. Better call saw. The bitch had a good lawyer. <laughs> All right. Next story. Next story. All right. So pause up, yeah. Yeah. So let's Forgive see. me. My reading skills. All right. Don't worry about yeah, it. I hate silent ease as well. My glasses. This is the reason too. we deal in alcohol. See. We, couldn't, we couldn't fucking Right. Read. All right. Hey, yo, we're drinking oh. right now. It's all good. Can you do it? Sorry, Can man. You? Sorry. Oh. I'm, I have technology problems, too, on top of all of this. Oh, my God. Here we go. We're doomed. Could be worse. Oh, the headline. Don't read the... The headline is, man uses rope to lower himself from building roof. In Pokemon card theft. Hmm. The dun, Yellow Ninja. Dun, 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 dun. I'm doing the, the, the theme song to uh, Mission Impossible. Could be a All right. I got you. So here we go. Police in Tokyo have arrested a 28 year old man on suspicion of theft after he broke into a building in Ikebukuro and stole Pokemon trading cards and cash. According to police, Kensuke Nakanishi, who works for an IT company, broke into a specialty store selling Pokemon trading cards and video games around five o'clock AM on March 23rd. Fuji TV reported. Police said Nakanishi, who belonged to a rock climbing club when he was younger, attached a rope to the rooftop and scaled down to the store on the sixth floor, which was the top floor of the building. Well, what do you know? Okay, after smashing a window, he stole about 300,000 yen in cash and 80 trading cards, including Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! Damn, Yu-Gi-Oh too? Worth approximately 1 million yen, we'll have you know. Wow. Police said Nakanishi, who was arrested on Monday after identifying him through street surveillance camera footage, 
taken outside the building, has admitted to the allegation and quoted him as saying, I thought I could sell the cards for a high price and I was in debt. That's it. The end. Okay. I wouldn't have got right. away with you if it wasn't for your meddling police. <laughs> Those damn kids. <laughs> Scooby-Doo no, ending. I know, right? Well, actually, I, I read a slightly different article with a little bit more detail and like everything you just said is accurate. But he also said his family was in debt. So he was defending his family honor. Let's keep that in mind. Ah, So he was more of a samurai and not a ninja. Nice. Mm -hmm. Right on. Yeah. The honor of a samurai and his family. Plus, anyone who's an adult and has a lot of toys is probably an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Then then again, man. Hey, I think I see some Yu-Gi-Oh cards in the corner. (laughs) Yeah, wait a minute. Where'd you get those? Is your name Kensuke? (laughs) You do have a rope over there, too, I see. I'm not going to buy up that anyway, but like, that is nowhere near as nutty as one of the craziest articles we ever read. Remember the evil Spider-Man? I remember evil Spider-Man. The host? The host? Yeah, the host. There was a host guy that, like, you know, climbed under the roof of, like, what was it, his boss, and just stole it. Was it 30, 40 floors? It was something like 30, 40 floors and stopped. This fucking host climbed on top of this building, went to the top floor, made, like, a fucking, like, rope, like, fucking, like, I don't know. It, maybe it was a rope. He took a rope and he fucking went down like maybe like five or six stories. And then he broke into his boss's place. And then he basically, he stole like a bunch of like watches. And then what he did was after he stole the watches, he walked out of the building with no mask or anything like that. So pretty much like the cops knew exactly who it was and when he did it and stuff. All he had to do no, was just climb up not, the rope. Not, 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 not only that, not only that, there were a bunch of like, you know, high level watches. They were custom made. So when he tried to like, you know, sling them, they're like, Oh, heard about this. It was a bunch of Rolexes or something. Anyway, yeah, that was a long time. So you're saying like steal bosses watches and his money got it. You only got a five floor building there. (laughs) We like original. This is done very original. I only wear Daiso watches, man. So, you know, take your pick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But uh, yeah, this is this is pretty crafty, though. I mean, the guy not only stole money, but he stole Pokemon cards. I had no idea these fucking cards were worth so much money. I know Magic the Gathering, that's just worth like a lot of money. And so some of those cards are fucking like really expensive. Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. But listen, though, right? Like Pokemon cards would be worth a lot of money here. Maybe maybe Japanese Pokemon cards might is the, the rare ones might be worth a shit ton of money like in America. But it's like the same game as Gather- Magic, uh, Magic the Gathering. You, the the cards have the character, and the character has like a special abilities. And ever like somebody throws theirs down, you throw your higher card down, and then you roll a dice and see who goes first. And then it's, it's like kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons game. So yeah, I can yeah, imagine yeah. like there's some cards that are like one of a kind with super high powers that can t- that's like a trump for everybody's badass cards. And you, if you have that one, then you're the king of the nerds, and all the yeah. girls don't you're- like you still. You're the big wiener. <laughs> You're the big wiener. It's essentially the same type of stuff, though, because like, I've read, I read tons and tons of articles, like so and so's forging cards. Well, white collar crime with forgery doesn't exactly make for interesting news articles, but it's the same idea. We like an element of surprise and excitement over here. In <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, rope repelling to get these things? We're on board with that. 
I just want to say, like any any kind of story that starts with somebody burglar or something by rappelling themselves down the side of the yeah. building, and then it's and then it's Pokemon cards. It's kind of cute in a way. It's a cute crime. Can we agree <laughs> yeah. on that? Adorable. And yeah. like, Prison. Well, I mean, I guess he broke the law, but I would have a beer with him. You know, like <laughs> if you were the judge, you're like. Yeah, he's guilty. Let's maybe give him a little bit of a light sentence. Well, the judge would be like, I can't say I haven't done the same thing. So, (laughs) (laughs) but he's got some obviously hireable skills. We got two years in jail, but we're we'll get it down to one because your crime was kind of cute. (laughs) (laughs) You got and your jail cells on the first floor. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) good dental floss. Kawaii. (laughs) <laughs> the juror, the jury is like Kawaii. I'm curious what he wore. I'm curious what he wore. Did he wear a ninja outfit or was he dressed like Pokemon? He probably did the melody himself. He's like, or what's the what's the Mission Impossible version in Japanese? I mean, do they have a Japanese? Mission Impossible version? Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's perfect. Lupin Sansei. I bet though, like his outfit was like in a hybrid. It was like a half Pokemon, half ninja outfit. He's like, I am Pikachu Ninja. But he's his own new superhero, right? Wow. Which they'll make cards of, which will be very valuable in the future. Can we go? He takes he takes a card out of the cabinet and goes, collect them all. <laughs> he's gonna be the yellow ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, and then, Jeremy, do you want to read the news? You want to? Oh, read- I've got a, I got a newsy for us here, fellas. Yeah, you got a newsy. Right. You got a newsy. I got a newsy doozy. All right, so this one's called. Uh, this one says the the majority of Nagasaki high schools have a white underwear only rule. Study finds. So there was a study about this. They studied undies in high school in all the schools. High schools. Yeah. So it says schools in Japan have a reputation for being picky about students' appearances, and one of the clearest examples of how detailed the dress code can be is that some places have a rule in place that students must wear white underwear. Okay. Would, would Out that of, be considered appearance? Sorry. Go on. I want to know who, who inspects those, and, and how do I get in on the study? I mean... Uh, Tom, don't you I look want, in the educational I want, field? I, I want to know who arrests the motherfuckers who is enforcing this rule. Tom, you work in education. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> What's the story here, Tom? Dude, no, 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 no. Get your big Pokemon out and tell us a story. Okay, let's see here. It says, out of 238 schools, 138 or 58%, if you're a math head, have white underwear listed as mandatory part of the dress code. However, that number may have dropped... Uh, that number may be dropping in the near future as a board thinks this is cause for concern and believes that by maintaining this policy, uh, schools may be leaving themselves open to complaints from violating student rights. Mm, obviously, show me your panties, little girl. Yeah, that, that's UN kind of against rights. the rule. UN fucking yeah. rights. These are UN rights. Well, if, as, a, as an adult, if someone tried that with my daughter, I'd go up there and break his fucking neck. <laughs> just, just telling you right now, I'd ride my Harley right to that school, <laughs> kick open the door. No, 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 daddy's here. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it, um, it says uh, it goes down. It goes. It goes on further, saying Nagasaki uh, Nagasaki um, Junior High School girls have reported that female teachers would come into the locker room where they were changing clothes during PE class, and also boys during PE class uh, to inspect their underwear. And this has become a big problem here in Japan. What do you guys think? I I think that's fucking sick. That's pretty nasty that you have fucking asshole teachers checking people's underwears. What, what's I don't the, like what's teachers. The justification for the underwear thing. Well, like what's say the, what are they? Somebody must be trying to justify it. What are they saying? Uh, it doesn't say what what they doesn't say why they justify it. It's just uh, Japanese schools have a strict rule. Like some schools will make kids who have naturally brown hair, whether they're you know they're let's say their fathers hey. of a different race or whatever, they'll make them dye their hair black. Yeah. Another. Face punchable, uh, you know, situations. If you if someone came up to my sons and said you gotta dye your hair black, I'm gonna go up there and knock that fucker out. Yeah, fuck that. That's some racist <laughs> bullshit. That's some racist Homo bullshit. Homogeneity. Yeah. Okay. Jeremy and me have had this conversation before, but like, uh, Japan's had like strict old traditional rules that have been in the books for fucking ever. They just don't want to seem to change them, even though they're supposed to have the Olympics. Um. It's like Japan just cannot stop fucking up with just like just just canceling some very obvious stupid rules like oh no tattoos on people oh no oh kids gotta wear white underwear it's just like it's just the list goes on and on and I'm like what the fuck is wrong with you the rest of the world is telling you you're fucked up maybe that makes you the weird one maybe you should just fucking change just saying I agree man. Yeah, um, well, well, I don't we, think we, everything we should change, but I mean, the underwear thing kind of sucks. <laughs> you know what? The guys over at Alchemy accept all colors of underwear, regardless of your underwear. If you're not they, wearing underwear, you, you get a free beer. Wear underwear. That's yeah. right. We're we're yeah. good with all. I think you should run a you should run a special that says no underwear, one free drink. <laughs> Call that the God faded, God faded Japan the special. We gotta have an inspector on board too, right? That's like, my point. That's my point. They gotta prove it. Well, Jacob, yeah. that's your job. That's oh, yeah. your job, Jacob. You are the manager. Is that a promotion or a demotion? <laughs> I'm not sure. No, that's definitely. It depends a on the person. Yeah, it depends yeah, on the right, person. Right. It's called a fringe it's, benefit. <laughs> can, can I ask you? Do you want this job? Because like this involves all genders and all looks. So. Dude, it's oh, 2021. Right? Nobody gives a fuck. You know what? If I, if, I, if I would get paid extra to do it, sure. It's pretty easy. You could just kind of like, oh, yeah, nope. You got the two meter rule. That's fine. You got to stay. You got to stand back. Like, two you don't have to do the helicopter to show you're not wearing underwear. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you could get tips. Actually, if you have a helicopter, whether you do or do not have under underwear, that should be worth some free drinks. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> One free drink, Tom. Damn you. One. <laughs> a small one. <laughs> a small Oh, we have a helicopter. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Moving on to the next story. Couple pretending to inspect apartment rob real estate agent. The story took place in Tokyo. A man and woman pretending to inspect an apartment robbed a real estate agent in Tokyo on Tuesday, the second such crime in March. Hmm. Police said, mm hmm. Police said the man and the woman matched the description of the couple who robbed another real estate agent while inspecting an apartment in Tokyo on March 19th. 
in that incident, they stole a wallet from the woman showing them apartment in Koto Ward, but it only had 200 yen in it. Man, it is hard to make Whoa, a- Oh, ruthless. I know. Oh, oh my god could you imagine that your last 200 yen stolen from you i mean that's some ghetto shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the karma bitch slap down is coming you know for that right stealing somebody's last 200 yen like times aren't tough enough i know right your, your, your I mean, last 200 <laughs> the real estate agent's like i should have fucking stayed at mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> I, what was i thinking <laughs> but the description the matched the, the match the suspect was that like dark hair Short and Japanese looking. I mean, it was oh. like, what? I mean, speaks kind of weird accent. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. <laughs> the latest incident occurred in Edogawa Ward. Senkai Shimbun reported the couple had asked a real estate agent to show them an apartment at about 2 p.m. A female employee in her 20s from the agency was showing them the showing them the apartment when the man threatened her with a knife and demanded she hand over her cash card and tell them the pin number. Then the couple fled. Now that's some fucking hardcore shit. The guy pulled on a fucking Rambo knife. He's oh. like, give me the money. <laughs> oh yeah. I've got your pin number right here. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three, four. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Six numbers. All right. You got it. I'll write it down for you. The golden number. The real estate agent was shaken, but not harmed. Police said, police said they are analyzing surveillance camera footage from outside the building to try to identify the couple who appeared to be in their 40s or early 50s. The man is described as being about 185 centimeters tall and wearing a gray overcoat, otherwise called the 1980s flasher jacket. The woman <laughs> about 150 centimeters was dressed in all pink, which basically makes her some kind of bitch from Hedajuku. <laughs> some of the fucking knife. Give me your money. You just go, no. <laughs> End of story. Gonna stab me in the butt as I run away. I do have legs. Yeah. I've got two hundred yen. I gotta oh, say pretty... though, that's a real a real stick up crime in Japan. You you don't hurt hear about those. Every so often. It's a mugging, yeah, basically a robbery. Yeah. Yeah. No, we get those every so often. I mean nothing yeah. I'm not like this. I mean, this is actually not probably the first time we heard of a real estate agent being robbed. But it's been a long time. We try not to do the same story over and over and over again just to keep the show like unrepetitive. But um, yeah, I, I haven't heard a story. Tom, what do you think? Have we done a story like this in the last six months or a year? No, we haven't on purpose. Like there was a rash of them like uh, several years ago. I don't remember, but like we, we did have a few of those. Actually, have we ever actually reported on them? Because we might have kicked a couple because they were boring. This, this one's kind of funny because like, you know, they got away with like two bucks. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, you are winning there, good sir and good madam. Oh, stopped to buy a Coke. <laughs> on the second attempt, the yeah. women were all pink. It's like, yeah, yeah you're not going to fucking stand at all, out at all, honey. I don't know what you're thinking. Well, not in that neighborhood. I mean, if it wasn't Hedajuku, I mean, fucking, she, she's a dime a dozen. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. If she's in Harajuku, she should be wearing all rainbow, man, or something. I don't know what is that. What is their style? I don't know what it's called officially called, but I refer like to Yamamba. It. You think she's no, a no. fucking Yamamba? <laughs> I, I think it's coming gone, but uh, a unicorn vomit. 
Oh yeah, we don't get that down here, man. I know we got to come up and check it out. You're gonna have to show us around. No, no check it out. Me, no, you don't. <laughs> Dude, they're, they're they're like nine years old to like fourteen years old. You don't want to check it out. Oh no, no, no. Thanks, Thanks unless anyway. they're from Ohio, then then yeah. <laughs> unless you want to rob those motherfuckers, then we can make at least eight hundred yen. You know, well, that's three of them. Oh no, four. Yeah. Bad four. Man. Bad math. Thomas, your story. All right. I'm going to read my mega story prepared to pull oh. your minds and eyes and ears to be blown away. AV Starlet, you are Mikami, admits to toilet sex, saying, I was young and stupid. Nice. Oh, what? What? I'm sorry. I didn't get that. AV Starlet, you are Mikami, admits to toilet sex, saying, I was young and stupid. Uh-huh. Is that the whole story? That's the end of the story. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna fucking read that. Like Jesus Christ, a fucking porn star was like, "Yeah, when I was young, I used to fucking toilets." I'm not gonna fucking read that. It is amusing <laughs> to read. Oh come on, it's a puff piece on a porn star that's like you know getting her career out there. She's not bad looking at all, but like you know, it's like a fucking four or five page article right here. Well, what? The, oh, just, 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 just a second, just a second, Tom. You've been fucking. So, high- You've been hyping up the story all night, being like, dudes, I got the story. And then you only read the title. You're like, all right, that's it. Dude. Because I was going to crib you motherfuckers on something else. But he said he he had an ace up his short sleeve, man. And I was like. I do, I do, I do, I do. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. All right, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. All right, impress me. (laughs) It it worked, it worked. What was happening? With the fucking bridge story. Just trust me on this. Um, Yes. British citizen arrested for dumping bento trash into mailbox. Oh, this story. Yeah, 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 yeah. This has been on the news quite a bit recently. This is big. This is this is good. And this it's is an funny. asshole move. It's crazy how big this is because it's like there's like so many like there's like fucking like a lot of murder that happened this week and shit. But this is the big story. <laughs> it is kind of a cunt move, though. It is. No, I, I, I agree with you 100 percent. It is. It is, but it's so specific for our program, right? You know, it's fucking Japanese. It's weird. It's out there. It's wacky. Let's just fucking roll with it. Tom's got a point. I agree with Tom. Tom, read. In Tokyo, Japan, it has been reputation for as a culture. All right, all right. Give me the article. I'll read it. Oh, no, no, no. How do you spell that? One, two, three, go. Japan has a reputation as a culture with a complex set of etiquette rules, where every action one takes the uh, one takes has the potential sh- to shock and offend those with a commitment and a classic journey. Honestly, though, a lot of this is common sense. Always remember to say please and thank you. Don't be unnecessarily loud in public places. Oh, and don't throw your dirty takeout lunch containers into public fucking mailboxes, you motherfucker. <laughs> That last one might seem to be especially obvious, but it's exactly the kind of faux pas that landed a British citizen in trouble this week in the town of Kamakura, Kanagawa Prefecture. Oh, Kamakura. You know it's Kamakura. Wow. Beach town. Yeah. That's down south, right? Big money. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, good beer, too. Yeah, actually. Great great beer. Great hamburgers, too. Right, right. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, well, Kamakura, good beach beer, man. So they busted his ass. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How what's this winner's name? Well, right. let, 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 let me just give it a little bit more. He'll get to it. He'll get to it. Sorry, Tom. Uh, Sorry for interrupting. 
twice. Taka was arrested on charges of violation of Japan's West Law Management. I'm sorry, Waste Law Management. Among other things, prohibits the legal dumping of personal trash. The incident took place on the property of Kamakura City Hall on Monday. <laughs> on the fucking City Hall, dude. <gasps> Hammer that point home. Wow. At approximately 2.20 p.m., Tanaka, having apparently re- recently polished off takeout bento box lunch, caused the empty container, disposable chopsticks, and the empty plastic drink into the City Hall mailbox. The full Monty. Google Street View shows a blah, blah, blah. Okay, basically, Google, Google Street View confirms this. <laughs> wow. What? What? Is Google Street View live now? <laughs> Apparently so. That's what How they do. How is this fuck? Yep, that's what's Mr. Tanaka. Yep, we saw it. We're Google. Yep, we saw it. it <laughs> Tanaka's dumping was spotted by a patrolling police officer who placed him under arrest on the spot. That meant it seemed like an unusually harsh retribution between uh, December 24th and March 17th. Postal workers found trash that had been dumped into mailboxes in Kamakura seven times, with wow. three of the incidents occurring in the same spot where Tanaka was arrested. Tanaka claims that he thought the mailbox was a trash can. The excuse is a little hard to believe. While the designated sample, blah, 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 blah. Okay, you understand. Well, our listeners don't, but like it goes to symbiology, but like. It's not a kanji, but there's a character that means postbox, and there's kanji. Well, fucking any idiot knows what a fucking postbox is and shit, but I'm going to say it one more time. Better call Saul. This motherfucker right lawyered up. Right on. <laughs> lawyered up. A serial stuffer. <laughs> Just an asshole. Actually, you know what? Like, uh, th- this goes on for maybe another page. Think of the children, I, 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 I don't need to read the rest of it. Well, obviously, I've got you guys excited. Like, what are your comments? What are your thoughts? So just go ahead. Like, uh, th- there's some more details, but not enough. Not a lot. Not a lot. Like, I kind of want to know more details because this is all. This is already so hilarious for such a small crime. Where's this news article from? Small town place. Kamakura. Kamakura. Like, where was it? Kamakura. Yeah. Kamakura. That's where it happened. Where's yeah. where are you guys? Are you finding? Did you find it in a Kamakura news? No, we get this from fucking like like five or six different news article uh, news sources. But uh, you want to hear, you wanna hear something Star, crazy? Star twenty four, and it's also uh, by Japan Today. It's all over the place. This one's here is like big news. But you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to give this guy five years. This guy can get a fucking what? maximum sentence of five wow. years and shit. Five. Okay, listen, listen. Can I can I just make a point here? There have been days when I've had to walk around with my trash. A day of shopping and enjoyment and freedom for an hour or an hour and a half, not able to find a trash can. And I have fantasized about doing this very thing. Okay. So <laughs> fantasize, gentlemen. Fantasize. Fantasy. You got the number of soul, yeah. Like Pokemon, for example. Supposedly. <laughs> so it's sort of where where theoretically stash one. Well, now we okay. know we can do it statistically. Jail. Damn, five years. Yeah, you get a maximum of five years in jail. They're pushing for that. And you get all it's five years in jail. And it's like, was it, Tom? Is it like, oh God, was it 800,000 yen fine? I think it was 800,000 yen. Damn, Damn, man. That's steep. That is steep. The article is 800. Does it say in the article? It's 800,000 yen, right? Yeah, man. 
They're making uh, an example yeah, of the yeah, poor lad. A different article. I don't have the specifics in that. I read the more comedy cited article, but a uh, couple oh. things. What? What? what oh, sorry. 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 Make it not funny, or maybe more funny. We'll see. But like the, to be the legal it, uh, expert on this. Um, what do you think's going on? He's not Jap. He's not he, Japanese. My, my wife read this article. She was talking to me about it. I think it was eight hundred thousand. It's like his like, last name is Japanese, which he means he's probably kind of mixed race. A. So what? Well, he's he's okay. I mean, he could be Japanese, British people. And they'll lock him up for a couple weeks, and they'll, then they'll basically say, "Get the fuck out." That's what they do. You think they're just going to deport him? No, he'll deport himself. They'll say, "Look, um, buddy, uh, you could go to jail for five years, or you could just get the fuck out of the country. Kind of your choice." That's what that's what they do in a lot of cases. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. No, no, that's absolutely what they fucking do. Also, this guy's just being a fucking jackass. Yeah, can I point out, like, yes, I understand. I don't litter. I don't like to litter. Like, this, the no. the streets in Japan are nice and clean and sweet. And, like, you know, and it's inconvenient that we don't have trash cans. But, you know, you chuck it in a bag or, you know, carry it in your hand or whatever, even though it's inconvenient. But this guy's just obviously being a dick. Yeah, he's kind he's of a like, dick, dude. Like fucking slamming bento boxes. Postal workers don't make that much money, dude. Yeah. Well, what about the people who wrote letters? Like, what if you were writing your long, estranged kid a letter and saying, you know what? I always wanted to be around you, but your fucking mom. Anyways, I'm not going to go into that. But you wrote this letter and you stuck it into the post box. From the post office today. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's got a fucking bunch of spaghetti sauce on it now. <laughs> Cunt. What if it's a job application you were like sliding through there? Because, like, you know, <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> it's got a spaghetti sauce saying, all over your resume now. Fucking asshole. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody know what color his underwear was? I think <laughs> yeah, it wasn't white underwear. He's not wearing white. What's son of a bitch. I, 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 brown. I'm thinking it's brown now. If they weren't white, you know he's from the ghetto part of town. Yeah. Fuck this guy. <laughs> After the cops grabbed him, they were brown. Yeah, the serial stuffer. He was being a prick. Yeah, the guy's a fucking schmuck. Fuck this guy. Oh, man. Guys, dude, all right. I, that's it with the news. I'm, I'm going to say one more time. Thank you so much for being on this show. It's fucking great to finally meet you guys. Justin, hi, you guys. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you motherfuckers are as faded as we are. That's great. Just trying, trying to get faded, man. Yeah, man. Trying yeah. to get faded. Mm. Anyway, I want to say, Justin, Justin hooked me up. He's like, dude, you got to fucking meet these guys. These guys are doing something special in Kobe. They got something fucking out there that's kicking, it's rocking, it's fucking changing the fucking country. You got to check it out. You got to interview these guys. You got to get these guys in the show. And I'm fucking so happy that my crew met your crew, dude. Fucking our crews are fucking coming together. Oh, yeah. Right on, man. Cruiser, right on, cruiser man. hooking up. That's that's sweet. That's pretty sweet. It is fucking sweet, dude. It's part of the fucking whole environment, dude. It's fucking like building oh. people up and shit, having a good time, getting faded and shit, dude. And it's only a matter of time before like me, Tommy, and Jeremy are fucking over there in your bar, fucking drinking all your booze and not paying for it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck that. I'm going to pay for it, man. I'm not pretty much what we do. Anyway, hey, listen, so. you guys I'm better be wearing guy. your white undies, man. All right. There's going to be some we'll shit. Be, all we're, right. We're, we're going to get some inspectors <laughs> in here. Yeah. I will personally inspect. I won't inspect anybody, just anybody, but I'll inspect you guys on the way to work. Okay. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. I'll make sure to show my pants beforehand. But yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> anyway, all right. One more time. How can our listeners 
find out listeners and viewers now how can everybody find out about your establishments all right so you'll check us out on social media that's alchemy kobe on facebook and on instagram a-l-c-h-e-m-y-k-o-b-e <laughs> <laughs> that's the handle on both uh facebook and um instagram other than that you know just come to kobe too if you're out of the country obviously right now with covid nobody can do anything in the world and go anywhere but when the when the shit is over borders open up you want to go take that trip to japan that you couldn't last year do tokyo absolutely tokyo there's many amazing places around japan do tokyo do osaka and do hokkaido you know do all these places but when you do kansai don't just do Osaka and don't just do Kyoto. Those are well-established places. And, you know, if you want to see a little bit more kind of um, outside the norm, go someplace like Kobe, a hidden gem. We got mountains 10 minutes that way. We got ocean 10 minutes that way. You can do everything from here. And Kobe is a good kind of um, stepping stone to these other to Osaka and uh, Kyoto. Osaka can be maybe big and overwhelming for some people. Go to Kobe, stay overnight. Just take a fucking day trip to Osaka. You can do day trips. It takes half an hour on the train. And the same thing with Kyoto, like an hour to Kyoto. So hang back in Kobe, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy the little bit more chill um, atmosphere and vibe, and then do the do the day trips, go do the crazy shit. You know, yeah. okay. just find biggest freaks you can find in the station they'll point you in the right direction man get here and then we'll tell you all the great shit to do around here awesome i'm we'll sorry i'm not so much plugging but more plugging kobe because we we just everybody here wants kobe to be to be a little bit more on the map because we really do have a lot to offer and offer in town and for tourists for expats for just travelers like everything and we want to share it with you Hell yeah, yeah. dude. That's cool, man. Stories. We want to get people in here telling stories about how they came to Japan. Like, this guy's already before. And maybe you know this guy. Have you met this guy? You know, that's also what we do. We connect people a lot. That's kind of that's kind of a... Um, that's our actual job. That's the actual <laughs> job. Connecting people <laughs> with other people. You are this way. You should absolutely meet this girl. Or you should meet this guy. You know? And then cool. you know, connections happen. That's cool. Dude, I've seen some photos. I, I went to your Facebook pages and shit, and I saw fucking tons of fucking parties at your place, dude. I think people should start at Kobe. If you, When you come to Japan, go to Kobe first. Get fucking home base here. And then go to fucking, like, Osaka, and then come back there. And then go to Kyoto, and then come back there. And just fucking Kobe is, like, home base for, like, Kansai no. area. And then go to fucking Tokyo, dude. Work your way up, man. Fucking once you go to Tokyo, fucking like I said, man, fucking I've I've got so many friends that came to Japan. So many people I know that came to Japan. They just spent fucking two weeks in Harajuku and Shibuya. And I'm just like, dude, you kind of blew it. (laughs) You kind of fucking just like you you, kind of fucking like just like shot your whole load in like two seconds, you know? (laughs) Well, we got some cool stuff. Yeah. Depending on where you're flying in, just do a round trip. Yeah. I mean, we, we. We've got some hiking here. We've got a beautiful bridge to go and check out and hang out under. We've got, you know, we've got beaches here. We've got, you know, cool museums and art exhibitions. We've got all kinds of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I fucking and, love uh, you know, if you want to support. Yeah, you want to support. Fucking cool underground jazz scene. Music. That's music. I mean, that's that's 
that's just crazy the jazz underground scene. Mm. I'm not even even really a jazz guy, but I've been come kind of like funk shit that they do here. They do it so well and it feels underground. You really feel like you're meeting somebody who's like in the underground of fucking like Japanese jazz and that's insane. I would never yeah, thought yeah. I would be experienced that. And the people Mwah. <laughs> the people are it's, it's a white underwear kind fine. Of they're heavenly they're godly they're fantastic you got a lovely white undies stay for the beard <laughs> oh man that's awesome well guys thank you so much for being on got yeah, fitted Japan. Please, you know, it all sounds... we're i we don't want to say sound too kind of a uh, uh, about it but then i mean since we have the platform we just we really enjoy just cool people walking in the door and that's the moment when it stops being it feeling like a job when you're we're mm. sitting at the bar late at night talking to fucking cool ass people from anywhere in the world japanese people included right like everybody and then oh, i could close the bar right now but i think i'm just gonna be here talking to you cool another too many though. sunrises gentlemen too many sunrises oh, yeah that roof is right not sunrise. enough sunrises yeah man yeah yeah right exactly Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you so much. Tom. Thanks for inviting us. Jeremy. Honey. You guys rock. Oh, dude. Lovely so to have met you guys. It's really good. It now, but fucking, you're going to mean it the next time we meet you in person. <laughs> we'll oh, we're going to break you guys. We're going to break you guys. Those doors. Uh, yeah, you're going to, yeah. What's a, what's a, the, the next extreme from, which is what you guys are going to be, right? <laughs> The extreme, the extreme of faded is what you guys right? <laughs> 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 the coffin. Japanese they say desui, desui. Yeah, Point me to the Scotch whiskey. <laughs> Better call Saul <laughs> is what it'll be. Better call Saul. Yeah, we're all gonna need <laughs> lawyers. <laughs> I'm not right, down with the white underwear thing. I never wear underwear. <laughs> all right. Well, faded. Is it okay if I do, if we do some shout-outs real quick too? Yeah, let's do some shout outs, man. Shout them out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just want to go, real like, just real quick. I want, like, like we talked before, Frankenbach, absolutely. Frankenbach, heavy metal. Fuck yeah, Frankenbach's Frank awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Logic defies logic from oh. New Zealand. Oh, oh, we know them. oh those guys are fucking awesome. Oh, those guys know those guys. Rock. Right here, too. Amazing. And Racket. This is, and Racket. Racket. Oh, no racket. Logic yeah. defies, actually, sorry, one, one more. Logic defies logic was the last live interview we did. Oh man, yeah, this was the last live show we had here too. Yeah, this was the last actual like live interview we did. Hey, and Prada from your area, get back together, bitches. Yeah. Toe, Justin Sachs, Robert Tyra Wilson. Uh, what else we got? Chris Peters, crispy, crispy. You guys know crispy, Chris Peters from oh, Heavy man. Mag Australia. Oh, you guys got to meet this dude. Anyway, man, crispy, we love you. So we didn't shout out last time, but we're yeah, doing now. We love these guys. Oh, awesome. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Faders, you heard it here. When you fucking come to Japan, you got a place to stay and a place to drink. Fucking Tom's house. All right. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're there. We're there. I'm coming to Tom's house. Can we go? <laughs> I want to go. Yeah. 
Uh, faders, thank you very much for tuning into this very special episode of Got Fitted Japan. You know what to do. Go to Patreon, give us $5, and we'll give you the keys to the city. We got so much content up there right now. Fucking, it's, it's endless. There's so much content. It only costs you $5, which is basically by, it's basically like going to the bar and buying us one beer every month. That's basically what it is. But we do know times are tight. Times are hard. Times suck right now. And if you don't get the cash, that's okay. Go to iTunes, give us a five-star review and write something groovy. Write anything you want, as long as it's groovy, it's cool. And if you write something shitty, we probably will find it kind of funny. So fuck it, whatever. Do whatever you want. And um, also, if you if you don't have any money and you're fucking lazy, well, Tom, what else do we got? Facebook. I run the Facebook. Yep. Daily, we are updating daily every single goddamn fucking day. Actually, multiple times a day, to be honest. <laughs> That's true. Well, it's got good stuff. I put some shit on there. Jeremy puts some shit on there. Johnny puts some shit on there. Fuck it. There's a lot of shit on fucking Facebook. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking funny shit. If you want English <laughs> and you want <laughs> fucking bullshit, no, no, no. Not to speak it, but like. Are you yeah. guys saying that Facebook is full of shit? Yeah. Better call Saul. Amazing culture we have to get together, man. Facebook has just always brought everyone together like a whole global community. I'm straight. Got to have it. Wank, 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 wank. Yeah, it, okay. Also, we're on Instagram. So, faders, go to Facebook. Go to Instagram. Every day we're uploading content. There's a lot of great stuff. And uh, on that note, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. And once again, Paul, Jacob, thank you so much for being on this show. Fucking guys, great hanging out with you this beautiful Friday night, getting fucking faded as fuck. Yeah, dogs. All right. Are you brothers in Tokyo? Yeah. Well, we got fucking a place to hang out in fucking Kobe. Faders, you do too. All right, Faders. Later. Absolutely. Peace. Peace. Uh... Cheers, Faders. My own brother, a goddamn shit sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> Out the pressure! I can't take it! I can't stand it! You sure I should use this, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Oh, man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.